Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Alex Burkett. Today we have a great episode for you. The IGT marketing manager in Mississippi, Tamika Lee, joins me for an in-depth conversation on her rise to the challenge. She talks about growing up in a big family, how did that impact her life, her transition from college to where she is at today, and how does her job today make her a better manager in her career. Like every episode, we want to start with a quick fire challenge. The quote for this week is, push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. How do you use that quote in your daily life? How do you push yourself? How do you get to the next level in completing that challenge? While listening to this interview, think about this quote and how did it affect Tamika? How did she push herself to the next level? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Tamika Lee interview. Please welcome my guest at this time, Tamika. How are you doing today, Tamika? I'm doing great, Alex. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a nice sunny day. I heard there was some storms yesterday. Hope everything is going well in Mississippi. Yes, everything's going well. It's not storming anymore, but we don't have any sun right now. So The sun's just yeah. kind of hiding right now. The sun's hiding. The sun's hiding. So I want I appreciate you taking your time to do this interview. Uh, getting to know you when I came down to Mississippi, I learned a lot about you and um, your experiences. And I feel that a listener could kind of relate and um, learn a lot from you. So let's start with uh, what were you involved with when you were younger? Any activities, sports? Um, did you have any passions? Yeah, well, when I was younger, um, I was, I was kind of a shy kid. Um, I'm the youngest of 12 and, um, I've always been really, really spoiled and, you know, just the baby and treated like a baby. So I was kind of, uh, if you were not in my circle, I probably didn't, uh, deal with you too much or, or, you know, converse with you at all, which is totally different from who I am right now. Uh, but I got into being you know, from Mississippi and grew up in the country, I got into basketball. Um, at the beginning, I was not really good. They kind of used me just to make the teams even, the numbers even out, which is fine. Uh, but playing, you know, summer after summer and Sundays after church, uh, I got to a point where I, I was a decent player. So basketball was really my uh, greatest passion then. Um, and then, back then, growing up in the 80s, you know, the Lakers were a hot team, so that's my favorite team. That's where I grew to love the Lakers, Magic Johnson, all of them. Um, so basketball, that's that was my thing, you know. That's the thing I looked forward to, basketball and riding bikes. Uh, so throughout um, grade school and stuff like that, that, that's pretty much what I was involved with, basketball. And then band. I did get involved with band um, and color guard. Color guard, I enjoyed more than playing my trumpet, actually. And I took that on to college, actually. But band and basketball, those are my two things. Did you like band? Um, did you enjoy that experience? Was it something new At that high you... school? 
Yes, high school band was amazing. I absolutely loved it. We, you know, we took trips and, and and all the cool people were in band. Unlike it is now, I don't think band is a cool thing to be a part of. But it was cool back then, uh, and it was challenging, which I absolutely loved. Uh, but yes, I absolutely loved band. I loved playing the trumpet. And then when I was introduced to color guard, you know, it, it took to another level. You know, the love to another level. I was part of bands in high school and middle school, and I played the French horn. But looking back at my time, the one thing I kind of wish I did was marching band. I was more in concert band, so we just go to class, we just practice our sheet music, and just go to a concert and play. But marching band would have been a great opportunity for me to try, so that was like one thing I wish I did back then but I would say band was so much fun because I learned new skills and band no one comes into this world knowing how to play an instrument right away it always takes practice um, training to get better would you say that it was easy for you to play the trumpet or did you have to practice every night or you had to go home and practice to get better at the skills I was horrible because we started band and and at my school we had marching band and concert band. So marching band, of course, was during the fall football season. Then concert band was after football season. So everybody, if you were in at the beginning of the year, you were in the whole year. So, but sixth grade is when we started and we had to try out different instruments, see which you know, kind of test and see which one we like and which one we scored higher on. I actually scored higher on a saxophone. But the trumpet seemed, it was loud and it was different. It only had three <laughs> valves. So I'm like, I think this is cool. So I, I chose the trumpet, but I sucked. Oh my goodness. I was like last chair because we had to, you know, take little tests or whatever. I forgot what they called it back then, but we had, I don't know what it was, but we have to take tests and get scored. And I was like last chair the whole sixth grade year. And my cousin and best friend at the time played clarinet and the trumpet and clarinets they have the same notes so she would literally have to write my notes above you know write the letters above the notes so i know which ones to play and that was sixth grade um and then seventh grade i went from last year to first year because i just practiced and um i got better you know she helped me out with those notes once i did that that sixth grade year once she did that for me i was good you know, I was competing with the upperclassmen once I got to eighth grade because eighth, eighth grade we were able to join the high school band. Um, so sixth and seventh grade was junior high, but seventh grade, first year, the whole year. Um, so it took practice, but I, I got there eventually. It took a year, but I got there. You know this means we have to start in a band. <laughs> we all just need to pull out our instruments or go rent some instruments and just start a band. We, we should. You know what? I would, I would instead of playing my trumpet, just give me a flag. I, I love color guard. That's my, give me a flag as y'all play. I'll just twirl and do some, you know, I mean, whatever, we, speed spins and tosses or whatever. We all go to those expos, so we need the color guard there so we can get people to come over to our booth and stuff. Oh, man, You're that, right. That uh, don't tell amazing. JR because JR might think it's a good idea for me to pull out my trumpet and do something weird. Yeah. I think I returned my uh, French horn, so... I would have to go find it now. <laughs> so you told about that you were one of 12 children. Was it hard for you to find your identity or like something that you were 
passionate about or were you kind of like in the mix with your siblings and all doing the same thing getting along playing together um I, I won't say it was really hard because you know it's a, it's a huge age gap you know the top like my mom had seven and then she waited five years and had five and the last five we are like a year apart all over, we're back to back so you know my older siblings uh, they were all doing their own thing. So I didn't really grow up with the, like my oldest sister. I don't even know when I realized she was my sister because she was married with a child before I was born. So her daughter grew up with us like a sibling, mm -hmm. um, which is my niece. But um, I, it wasn't hard for me to find my own identity. I did my own thing. I was, you know, I, yeah, I just did my own thing. I didn't really play with my siblings too much until I got into basketball. I would play with my own dolls or my own whatever I had going on on my bike or, you know, I did my own thing. So, yeah, it wasn't too, it wasn't hard. So growing up, did you have any inspirations? Did you look up to anyone, someone that was motivating you to follow your dreams and passions? Um, n no, I, I don't think so. The only thing I can, because for me, it wasn't anything about following. It was just about fun, having fun and what makes and, and eating candy. You know, <laughs> I still like candy today, but that was pretty much me. My life was, I had zero cares in the world. I was really spoiled. So whatever I wanted, I got, um, I, it was just, yeah, I, I didn't have anybody that I looked up to other than what my father was, uh, and I think back on it, being a child, he was like my savior then. Like what God is to me now, he was that to me then. Because, of course, I didn't you know, know God like that. But he was that person that, um, you know, that, I, that was like nothing could happen to me if he was around. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. When daddy shows up, everything is fine. Everything is okay. So he was that one person that was like kind of my everything. He spoiled me more than my mom. So I was like, anything I wanted, I would run to him. Or anytime I get upset, I go to him. But he, he was like that one constant, uh, very, very important person uh, growing up. Do you remember a specific time growing up where you he was there for you or he played a big part in your life? Um, was it at like a basketball game, helping you ride a bike, anything like that? Well, um, well... Because, well, my father, he passed when I was nine. So I only had those early years with him. And, um, but the things I remember, would remember that I'll, I still remember now is like, I used to be scared of bad weather. Because, you know, we live in the country and we had a lot of trees around. And I thought the trees were going to fall on the house. But when he would come in, when he would pull in, if it was storming, I don't care how bad it was storming. I was done. I was good. Nothing was going to happen. Um, so just those those moments or if someone a sibling, they annoyed me or didn't give me what I want. I was a brat. Uh, so I would go tell him and he would make it all right. Like he I used to just hang out with him, you know, standing up on the seat. He's going wherever he's going. I'm just standing up, no seat belt or anything back then. And it was OK. But I, I just used to hang with him like I was, you know, he was like my best friend, basically. At that point, you know, up until I was probably seven and realized, you know, okay, you know, I met my cousin. I didn't meet my cousin, but I realized at that time, you know, my cousin was, I was closer to my cousin. But yeah, he was like the most important person. 
So transitioning into college, how was your college experience? Were you involved in anything there? Did you continue basketball in college? I did not. Um, I did continue band. I had a band scholarship. Um, uh, so I did that for only two years because band in college is not fun to me. It's not the cool thing to do at the type of school I attended. I did not attend an HBCU, um, a historically black college or university. Their bands are fun because they dance. In college, <laughs> yeah, no, it was not fun. So I did that for two years and then I was done. I was done. I was like, yeah, we can't, I can't do this. Um, but that was it. I, did, I didn't, you know, join a sorority or anything. I actually came close to joining, um, but I never took that step. So I was just really just kind of going to school. That was it, just going and hanging out with friends and stuff, but wasn't really involved in much after band. And what school did you go to? Um, out of college, I went to Holmes, a community college, um, not far from uh, Flowood, actually. And then I uh, transferred to Mississippi State. And what was your major that you were going for when you went to Mississippi State? Um, information technology. Did you have that uh, dream job in that field or what brought you to that major? Well, I was doing like when I first graduated, accounting was going to be my thing because I was introduced to accounting my senior year. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. So first two years in college, um, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Then I got to Mississippi State and it got real. I'm like, yeah, no, I can't handle this accounting. It's too much. So I um, uh, decided to do something different and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I know I needed a challenge and that's why I did the IT thing. Because I'm like, I know nothing about it for real. We used to type in high school and do you know minor things, but I knew nothing about it. Um, and then the idea of programming things, that you know intrigued me and it was challenging. So that's the only reason I decided to do IT. It was no real passion, it was just something that challenged me. I think you brought up a great point with the whole challenging your sh yourself. Um, I know when I was going into college, I went into Lindenwood with a sports management degree or going for that. And I knew that if I found something else, I want to be able to pursue both. So while I was in college, I was challenging myself learning new skills. So I learned a lot in event planning. Um, and I grew to love event planning and being involved in that with my fraternity. And it's kind of nice to hear that you were challenging yourself because you never know when you're ever going to use those skills in the future. Um, I know right. with our jobs, um, we're all always in different areas. We might be sticking into one spot, but we help in other areas and we can utilize mm -hmm. each other. So I think that's a great point that people can learn from you is challenge yourself while in your college. Learn new skills, learn new ideas and things that can help benefit you in the future. Right. So after yep. college, what would, did you go straight into IGT or did you go in a different direction first before getting into IGT? Well, I was working at Walmart um, I'll say probably a year and a half before I graduated Mississippi State, and I absolutely hated the experience. Um, um, so I knew as soon as I graduate, I'm done. Job or not, it's over Walmart. I mean, it's just not happening. Um, and I graduated and I quit Walmart in August of uh, 
the same the year I graduated, and then which was 06, and then December of 06 is when I started with IGT. I just posted my resume online, and um, my sister at the time, sister and brother, they were in Nashville, so I posted some, uh, posted it, I think I did, um, let me see, did I? Yeah, I guess I just posted it. I don't even, because when I got the call from IGT, I knew nothing about it. It was totally, it was something new. I'm like, I don't even know how you found me or what, but I know I put my resume on like Monster or something back then or Career Builder. I think it was Career Builder is where uh, they found uh, my resume. So I just posted it and then I got the call and tried to do some research and I still didn't understand what IGT did. Um, But I did drive from Mississippi to Nashville to the, interview and like a day later they called and I was like okay I'm moving to Nashville we both have that similarity when I applied for IGT I was working at a retailer that when we were selling I was doing that for five years uh, working at a grocery store selling lottery and the IGT sticker is on our terminals and everything but I never realized that was the company I applied for and it's kind of similar I just posted uh, my resume applied and didn't even realize it and now look at us <laughs> right right you know I, I didn't even apply I don't even like it was called GTEC at the time yeah and I was like yeah I don't know anything about GTEC and it took me a while even being you know after I got hired to kind of understand what GTEC did it would say architects of gaming I'm like, okay, but yeah, what does that mean? Coming from Mississippi, we had no casino. Well, we had casinos, but we didn't have lottery or anything like that. Um, and it wasn't, GTEC wasn't really big in the gaming area at that time um, that I'm aware of. Um, so I knew nothing about it. Lottery, I knew nothing about because Mississippi didn't have it. So, yeah. From your experience, for someone who's coming into IGT or in the lottery industry, what's the best way to learn the industry and understand what all happens? You have to, you're going to have to be hands on. Um, You're going to have to learn by doing, by, you know, by experience. Um, Excuse me, especially if you have no experience. If you come in just green, you know nothing about it. it's just going to take time, you know, because uh, the the trainer I hired in March, you know, I told him, unlearn everything you thought you knew because he thought he knew some things. And then he would mention these things. And I'm like, no, that's not even close. It might be like something that, you know, because with the lottery, people believe they figured it out and um, they believe they know everything. Uh, so if you're going to coming in to work, forget what you thought you knew. You know, because the odds of you knowing anything for real are slim to none. Because, you know, especially if you've had no exposure to uh, lottery. Um, so just come in, be prepared, you know, just be open, be willing to learn, and, and you'll get there. It'll just take a little time, but you'll get there. When you got hired on in Nashville, what was the position that you uh, applied for and got? I was a, a computer operator. So at work, you know, being in IT, um, I was like, okay, perfect. I get a job in my, you know, career uh, with with my major. And um, so, yeah, I was a computer operator one. And um, 
I soon learned that it was nothing that I've ever experienced. You know, being in IT, you think, okay, GUI means this where I'm from. GUI does not mean that with GTEC. Um, you know, it was just something totally new. I really didn't get to use anything that I learned in school on the job. Other than just, you know, nothing major, like none of the program and none of the, nothing else. I just could, I mean, the software, the stuff that I knew as far as working with different types of software, okay, that could kind of help. But as far as system-wise, no, it was totally new. It was totally new. Did you stay as a computer operator during your whole time there? Or did you eventually branch out into a different department? I was computer operator too when I left um, in 09, like early part of 09. Um, I was gonna actually leave the company, that was my plan. And the ADM at the time um, offered me the training position, which me being not a fan of public speaking, um, actually hating public speaking, um, I'm surprised that I took the job with very, very little, I, I don't even think I thought about it long. Like it was the offer and I was like, cool, I'll do it. And I, <laughs> yeah, and that's where, where the marketing started, you know, when I was ready to leave the company. Um, and I thank God for that ADM because, you know, I don't, I know I wouldn't be where I am now if I would have left the company. So. Um, he offered me that training position and I, and I took it and I did that for, uh, 10 years. Looking back at, uh, earlier in our conversation, you talked about challenging yourself. Was this like in that same situation, challenging yourself in a new department, um, with public speaking, did it go into that area? Kind of? Oh yeah, definitely challenging. Um, extremely challenging. Um, I, I don't think I've been challenged more um, within my professional career um, because I knew one side of, of, of the game, you know, of draw games or how to play the games. I knew one side, being in operations, of course, we had to do the draws. I knew that side. Uh, I didn't know anything else. Um, and, it, and then not only not really knowing it, you have to know it and you have to be able to present it. Uh, and so that was a challenge. And then my first class, we were about to roll out the very, very first vending machines that Tennessee had, which is called an ITVM or an EDSQ or whatever. And that's what I was preparing for. I was still looking at the regular training script, but one day after a meeting, the ADM came and said, uh, you're going to teach class today. When I tell you, I literally wanted to cry, but it would kind of be a weird thing to cry at work, but whatever. I wanted to cry. Um, because, you know, I felt that I wasn't prepared, but if he wouldn't have forced me to perform that day, I don't know if I would have gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. You know, um, I think eventually I would have gotten there, but it would have taken a lot longer. So me being forced to perform worked. It worked for me. Not, it might not work for everybody else, but it worked for me. I had to perform. It was no, I couldn't get out of it. You, you're training today. And I'm like, I have class in two hours. I have to get prepared to speak to this full class of retailers, because in Nashville, more often than not, the classes are full. Um, I have to be prepared, you know? And I got up there and I performed. And after that, it was like a breeze. I'm like, if I, t if I made it through this, I'm good. I, I can do it all. I, I can do everything, anything, you know? So that's, that's how that went. I was kind of thrown in there and it worked. I definitely can relate to that with 
just go, just put going out there and training. I mean, we as people in the marketing department, we understand the games and stuff, and we could easily talk about them. But when we have to convey that message to retailers and, um, and individuals who maybe have never played it, it kind of challenges ourselves to how do we reword things? How do we simplify oh, yeah. it in a way? And I know when I talk to my family about the games, I start talking in acronyms to them. And I have to kind of remember, they don't know any of these acronyms. They don't know anything in our industry. They just know what they know. So, and, but they enjoy learning um, what we do and the ins and outs that we can tell right. them. Um, but definitely from your experience with uh, just going out there and pushing yourself, I think that's what, again, it goes back to the whole challenging yourself. So right. talk about the transition to Mississippi. How did that process go? Um, what made you want to go back or go to Mississippi um, to be part of the new installment? Well, I didn't want to come back, actually. Um, when I found out Mississippi got lottery, my mom called me. I think I was on the road heading to a training or something. And I was like, okay, cool. I pulled over to say, let me check this out and see what's going on. I wanted to see the beneficiary who would get, you know. And I saw that it said infrastructure. I'm like, are you serious? Being from Mississippi, I know education is pretty much on the floor. We need help in that area. And because education wasn't the main thing at that point, I had an issue with it. So I vowed then, yeah, I'm not going to Mississippi. We're not doing that. I'm, I'm not doing that. And I understand, and now being here, I understand why infrastructure is such a big deal. I get it. Um, and, and then, you know, education is still benefiting as well. Both infrastructure and education, get they benefit. But that was my thing. I was like, no, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to be affiliated with it. I'm good. And um, around probably April or May of last year, um, I started to hear rumblings about, oh, Mississippi, you know, is happening soon. I still wasn't interested. I still was not coming. Um, and then I got a call um, from Jane Ray, you know, talking about it. And I told her, I said, JR, I'll help you, but I'm not, I'm not ready to come home just yet. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I was over my time in Tennessee. It was past time for me to go. I was actually hating it, um, but I wasn't ready to come to Mississippi in my mind. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not interested. Um, so time went on and then I started to lean toward coming to Mississippi. And I was like, okay, I can consider, I can do this, I can do this. And then I went back the other way, like, yeah, no, I can't, I'm not gonna do it. And um, for whatever reason, it was meant for me to be here. I won't say for whatever reason. I'm where I su I'm supposed to be. And I'm just thankful. Like I was thanking God the other day. I'm like, oh my goodness. I thank God for Jane Ray for offering me the position and, and going after me. And, you know, uh, and then I just, I'm where I'm supposed to be. It, it, it's just perfect. Uh, and I'm like, I could have blown the opportunity. If I, you know, I told her no more than one time and she could have taken it. And then I would still be miserable in Tennessee. But I'm just thankful that didn't happen. Um, and I eventually got, became fun of the idea and excited. And then, you know, I got the offer and I accepted and I was excited. I was like, okay, 
I'm good. I can, it was just, I don't know why I was so hesitant. Maybe because I told myself prior that I'm not going to be affiliated with that, that. I'm not going back. I will help you, but I'm not going back. And, um, I'm just glad that I came to my senses, you know, cause I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. I'm supposed to be right now. Would you say Jana Ray, and for people who don't know who Jana Ray is, Jana Ray was a marketing manager in North Carolina, and now she's the director of IGT in Mississippi. Would you say she's now become a mentor to you or someone that you look up to in this industry? Yes, yeah, she's always been that since I met her. I met Jana Ray years ago, and she she's always been that to me. Um, and more now because she's in a different role and I'm in the role that she used to have. So yes, she's always been that her and Melanie in in Georgia, they've always looked out for me and been there for me to help me, you know? So yes, I absolutely, she, she's a mentor. She doesn't know that, but she is. Well, if she's listening to this podcast now, she knows. (laughs) So transitioning from a trainer to now a manager, what's something that you use as a skill to become a better manager than um, previous positions where you've had to talk to a manager? So what are you trying to do to become a better manager for your new marketing specialist? Um, It's my desire to be um, what I want in a manager. is, is my desire to be, uh, to serve and to, you know, have my team know that if they're down in the trenches, I'm down in the trenches with them. Um, is, you know, I'm there for you. If you need to speak to me about work, about whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And so it's just my desire to be present, to, to, um, you know, just be basically everything that I want in a manager, which is somebody that is a team player, that's someone that I can trust, uh, someone that's loyal. So th- those are the things that I, you know, want to exude basically daily. I want them to trust me and, you know, know that if you need me, I'm there. So are, do you have do you have a dream now? Like, do you have another position you're hoping to get um, in the future? Are you hoping to be in where Jana Ray is? Or are you content to where you're at right now? Where I am right now, I'm good. I have no idea where I'll be, you know, in the future, if, you know, within the company or anything like that. I don't have a role that I desire right now outside of, you know, I'm trying to um, become an awesome manager and I have a ways to go. Um, so once I become an awesome manager, then I can look to, you know, take the next step. But I want to, you know, because I believe I was an awesome trainer at that level. And then, you know, next step management. And I want to be an awesome manager before I move to the next, uh, area of the business or whatever, because I don't want to be lacking. And then, you know, I want to master what I'm doing before I move on master as much as possible of course definitely making sure that you get those skills to Mm -hmm. challenge yourself even more what's been your favorite memory or moment so far during the mississippi project or during the time that it's gone live well um I, i i probably i don't think i have one i have um the whole ever since i got here september 23rd has been amazing. It's been a blessing because of, you know, we, 
our local team is great, but we've had so many people come in and help that were great. And just working with, coming from where I came from, you know, in Tennessee and then being here, uh, it's, it's night and day. And I'm just thankful for the, the, the family atmosphere that we have. Even, you know, like anybody that comes in, we just welcome them into the family and they're part of the family while they're here. And all the, just the family feel and the support and we want, um, each team member wants the next one to win. We want to win, you know, as a group as well. And we just, you know, we support each other. And that's just the thing. It's not one thing that I can point to and say this was the most memorable, but it's like everything as a whole, this whole process of go live and, and now. Um, it's just, you know, the love we have for each other and the respect we have for each other. That's, that's what I value. I definitely went going to Mississippi and probably one of the biggest accomplishments in my career so far is being asked to come and be a part of this project. I've noticed that it's like a family dynamic there. Everyone wants to help each other. They're encouraging each other. They're just bringing the positivity to everyone just to make the company grow and show the results that we are wanting. And I think I thank you for... Um, being a huge impact in my career and helping me be a part of that. And you and Jana Ray, um, it's been so much fun getting to know you and learning from you and all that you do with IGT. So I thank you for that. And we appreciate you um, because you helped us greatly. And it's not over. It's not, you're not, you've not seen the last of Mississippi. Um, oh, as long no. as you're available, <laughs> uh, we will be reaching out to you because everybody loves you you know the lottery even loves you uh here so it, you did a great job you helped us out tremendously um and we really really appreciate it i feel like i'm gonna forget what the airport looks like after all the times <laughs> i've been traveling to there to atlanta i feel like i i was talking to my family i'm like man i haven't had um airport food in a long time because it was like a staple for me to have that stuff Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that was it was it was constant for a while. Yeah, definitely. Or we just go buy twenty dollars worth of Wendy's. I mean, hey. <laughs> right. Every That's time hilarious. I go to every time I go to Wendy's now, I always think, is Tamika gonna like what I just ordered? <laughs> you, I mean, oh my, you know they serve breakfast now. I, oh, I don't know if you I know, know that. But. I need to try their breakfast, but I haven't gotten the chance to do that. So, That's hilarious. So what what key messages would you want to give a listener to remember from our conversation today? Um, career-wise or just in general? General or career. Um, I know we talked about a few, but what are, like, if you had to pinpoint certain things, like challenging yourself, um, growing yeah, up? Yeah, that's the, challenge yourself. Um, always be willing to learn from anyone, regardless of their title or where they are in life or career-wise. Uh, that's one of the things that I value is learning. I, I can learn from anyone. I don't care how low they are, how high they are, whatever. Being willing to learn, being open and, and, and willing. Uh, being willing to help, be willing to help uh, others. And um, so basically, yeah, just challenge yourself. Um, and Because I think we should all be willing to learn or want to learn up until it's, you know you leave the earth. I think you can learn from anybody, and that's my desire to always 
grow, learn. Because as I learn, I'm growing. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I guess that would be it for, well, that, actually, that works both uh, personally and, and professionally. Challenge yourself. Be open. Be willing to learn. Um, be willing to help. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. Definitely. So something fun to talk about. What have you been doing during this um, situation that the world's going through? Anything fun? <laughs> have you been shopping for more shoes now? Well, you know, I was on punishment up until April. I couldn't buy shoes until April. And um, since April, I've only bought... Well, this is April, but whatever. Since April 1st, I've only bought one pair. Um, so I haven't been doing a lot of shopping, no. I've been, you know, working from home, and then I'll have to go take a walk because I just can't stay in the house all day, every day. That's that's annoying. And I love being outside. If the sun is shining, I'm going to either sit on my balcony or go for a walk or both. So I've been just basically trying to get back in shape, you know, um, slowly by just doing my walking and jogging a little bit. But nothing. It's nothing to do. There's no going out shopping. Um, and nothing is really catching my eye online. Uh, so, yeah, i just been watching TV, getting caught up on my shows. Um, and that's about it. Oh, oh, I've been cooking, too. I'm not a cook. But I found this uh, lady on YouTube that she makes it so simple. So she's been inspiring me to cook. So I've been going and buying. I have been buying appliances, actually, which that's something new. Because if it wasn't shoes or perfume, I wasn't interested in buying it <laughs> or clothes. I wasn't interested. But I've been buying appliances and stuff. So I, I've been trying to cook, which is amazing. That's awesome because I don't cook, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. That's the exciting thing, cooking. So what you're saying is the next time I'm in Mississippi, we're going to have a feast at your house. Totally. You're going to cook the majority. I'll cook something small, one one item, but you, you're going to cook the, the rest. Cause that works with me. That's what you do. That, <laughs> I've been cooking a lot. I mean, Food Network has been a friend during this time, and I keep coming up with new ideas, and my friends have been seeing it on Snapchat and all that, so I, I, I'm totally down. Well, to you me, did what? Well, Tamika, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk with me about your experience, and I've learned a lot more, and I can't wait to be back in Mississippi and have some more fun. Anytime. I, I enjoy talking to you as well. Let me know if you, if you need anything. Tune in next time for the next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Have a great day, everyone.